I want to draw your attention to a verse in Romans 8, uh, which is verse 37. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I don't know how you answer the question, uh, how are you, what you would say. My standard answer tends to be fine or okay. Um, and I went on the internet to, to see, you know, what sort of answers could you actually give? And I found some, uh, some rather funny ones, I think, and uh, some more frustrating ones, some cheeky ones. Uh, here is just a short collection of answers to the question, uh, how are you? You could say, I was fine until you asked. Or uh, very much an old one, overworked and underpaid. You could say, good enough. So far, so good. Happy and content, thank you. Do I have to answer? I'm better than I was, but nearly as good as I'm going to be. I can't complain, but sometimes I still do. You do not want to know. Or you could say, using the words of the Apostle Paul, I'm victorious. Oh, actually, I am more than a conqueror. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, I think, is a glorious chapter. That has so much blessing here, so much comfort, so much encouragement. Um, I struggled with the fact, shall I, shall I do the whole chapter in one sermon? And I decided I would do that. Um, but uh, I hope you won't be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Although sometimes it's just good to be overwhelmed. It reminds me of uh, an experience Maria and I had um, in our last church when one of the church members invited us and other church members to a Chinese meal. And uh, she had a very good relationship with the Chinese and for a lunchtime uh, she had booked the place just for us. And, uh, and so we, we arrived at half past twelve and uh, had a drink and, uh, and then the food arrived. And there was um, plate after plate after plate and uh, had a bit of this and had a bit of that. And I really enjoyed this meal. I said to Maria, this is, this is a great meal. And then after about half an hour, all the food was taken away though it hadn't all gone and then more food arrived apparently what we had just seen were just the starters and the main meal was still to come and i had already eaten of almost every plate and so now i had to attack the main meal and it was overwhelmingly generous well that's a very bleak comparison to what we find in romans 8 uh, the goodness and the grace of God. Romans 8 builds up to that statement. We are more than conquerors. And remember, Paul writes to believers based in Rome, people who, in very difficult circumstances, came to believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus tonight, then the same words come to you as well. You are more than conquerors. Greek has, the Greek has just one word for that, a word in two parts. The second part means to conquer or to prevail, to overcome. But that is preceded by the word hyper. And so in a sense we could say that Paul is saying here um, we are hyper conquerors. We are hyper overcomers. It isn't good English but it makes the point. 
Now I'm going to give you uh, eight reasons why we are modern conquerors. They're all pretty brief. Uh, don't worry. Uh, it will all be within the time frame. Uh, but it gives an idea of the bounty of God. Firstly, we are modern conquerors because we will never be condemned. Is that not a glorious verse? Uh, Romans 8 verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul in, in Romans deals with the problem of sin and he makes a very good argument to show his readers, whether they were uh, Jews or Gentiles, that they all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And he describes also in his letter the ongoing battle with sin. Um, I don't know about you, but, uh, but, but for me, every, every day is in a sense a battle with sin. We, we all fall short and I, and I identify with what Paul says in chapter 7 and verse 19. Um, beginning at the end of verse 18 I have the desire to do what is good but I cannot carry it out for what I do is not the good I want to do nor the evil I do not want to do this I keep on doing Paul has this ongoing desire to do good and to please and the, the Christian I'm sure Christians would agree with that we, we want to obey God and yet we fall short and so with Paul we cry out in verse 24 in chapter 7 what a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death drumroll pause then it says thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord and then he says therefore there is now no condemnation to those for those who are in Christ Jesus See, later on in this chapter, Paul speaks about how God has, <coughs> excuse me, has chosen us, how we have been called by him, how we have been justified by him and glorified, um, how God has done all these things for us. Through Jesus' sacrifice on Calvary's cross, we have been made holy, perfect, and blameless in the eyes of God. Jesus takes away our sin and gives us his righteousness. And, and God says that is perfect. He looks on us and he sees Jesus. And God can accept us because of what Jesus has done. And God blots out all our sin, never to remember our sin anymore. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God loves us with an everlasting love, not because we never make mistakes, not because we do all things well, but simply because Jesus is our Saviour, because we are in him, safe, secure and fully accepted. We are more than conquerors, because we never will be condemned. Secondly, we are more than conquerors because the Spirit of God lives in us. Paul develops a lengthy argument from verse 2 right to verse 11 and we don't have time to go into all the details of that but allow me to emphasize these all-important truths. Every believer has received the Holy Spirit. Paul underlines this vital truth by arguing that every believer who belongs to Christ 
has the Holy Spirit. Read it for yourself again later on tonight. But everyone who believes in Christ has the Holy Spirit. But Paul then explains that the Holy Spirit lives in us for a reason. There is a purpose. The purpose here in Romans 8 is that he is there to lead us, to inspire us, to equip us, to empower us, to live lives that are pleasing to God. You see, the law of God showed us where we went wrong. The law of God shows us that we are sinful, but that same law couldn't change us to do better. But the Spirit of God can, and this Spirit is at work. We're not always mindful of him, but he is there and, and does his work, often quietly. You're here today because of him. You believe in Jesus because of him, because of the Spirit. You want to please God because of him. And we can grow and become more like Jesus and more fruitful because of him. The Spirit of God is at work of us, is at work in us. And so, as believers, we are, we are more than conquerors because the Spirit of God is there to do his work. Thirdly, we are more than conquerors because we are children, children of God and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Our position in God's kingdom is much higher than you and I realise. And even if we realise it, we don't always live like it. We are not just safe sinners, but we are the children of God. Just look with me at verse 16, where it says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We are the children of God. It's such a special position to be in, that God is our Father. Oh, what a wonderful prayer Jesus taught us to pray, our Father. It's wonderful to be able to call this eternal God, this mighty God, this holy God, this God who is just and righteous, this God who is light and in whom there is no darkness, to be able to call this God Father. But Paul wants us to realise, the Holy Spirit wants us to realise that that is not all. We are, we are not just a bunch of children. We are heirs of God. We have an inheritance. We have entitlements that because of the grace of God belong to us. The Bible says that believers have eternal life. That we have a reserved place in heaven. That we have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or, or fade, kept in heaven for us. We, we are heirs of God. But that's not all either. We are not just heirs of God, we are co-heirs with Christ. All that belongs to Jesus will belong to us. We are, we are alongside with him. No, we are, we are not as important as him. And yet, it seems that in the inheritance, we are, we are co-heirs. We, we possess the same things as our wonderful Saviour. We have wonderful privileges, wonderful access, wonderful blessings, amazing grace. 
I, um, some of you will know by now, and uh, I bore people to death with this story, that in the 1980s, uh, Marie and I were invited to come to London to meet the Queen of England, sorry, the Queen of Holland, even better than the Queen of England, the Queen, uh, the Queen of Holland. Um, uh, we were called to Banqueting Hall, and uh, with 400 other Dutch people, we... Uh, we met her and one by one we were introduced to her and the moment came when uh, Mr. Weening was introduced and she said, Mr. Weening, pleased to meet you. And she shook my, my, my hand and I shook hers. And uh, so I, I, you know, I went on to enjoy the banquet. She never said to me, Bert, it's so great to see you. Welcome. Bert, I, 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 I think you're so special. I, I want you to make my son. Bert, I want you to be on the same level as my son William, who one day will be king of Holland. I want you to access the palaces. I want you to have all these privileges. She didn't say any of it. She said hello to me. She said hello to Maria and then to a few hundred other people. And then she forgot all about us, I'm sure, because she can't remember all these names. But as far as God is concerned, we have that special access. God didn't just welcome me. God didn't just forgive me. God made me his son. God made me his heir. God made me go co-heirs with Christ. I have a privileged position privileged position we are the children of God greatly privileged and abundantly blessed and that helps us to live our life as more than conquerors fourthly we are more than conquerors because our present sufferings are not worth comparing with our future hope our present sufferings are not worth comparing with our future hope at first sight it seems contradictory that suffering plays an important part in the life of a conquering Christian. You often find new believers struggle with the fact that the life of a believer is not easy. On the contrary, it can be really hard and it often gets more difficult when we become Christians as it was before we trusted in the Lord. But here you are, Christians suffer. Either you have, or you are right now, or you will. Through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God, we read in Acts. Paul reminds us briefly in verse 18 that glory is on its way, or rather that we are on our way, on our way to glory. Um, but it's in the context of sufferings. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. We, we do suffer, we share in the sufferings of Christ even, it says in verse 17. Our future glory is sure and certain. And we must remember that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with our future glory. Paul even says that when he writes, when he writes to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. In Romans 8, Paul continues his argument that, that suffering should not surprise us because the whole of creation is suffering, groaning, frustrated, in bondage and decay. You see, 
when sin, sin came into the world, it did not just affect our relationship with God, it affected the whole creation. We read that in verse 20, where he says, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. The whole creation is, is frustrated, as it were, is suffering, is groaning. Uh, but that will come to an end when Jesus comes back in glory. For now, we are groaning inwardly as we are suffering, groaning, waiting for the ultimate fulfillment of the plans and purposes of God. Now, it doesn't mean to say that we always suffer, that we always groan. Um, no, of course not. There, there are many joys in the Christian life. But we are very aware of the fact that we are not there yet. We are very aware of the fact that life is still challenging that life is unpredictable and that there are many difficulties to encounter. We're still waiting for the ultimate fulfillment of the plans and purposes of God. According to Paul, believers are to live in hope. You read it in verses 24 and 25, where he says, in this hope we were saved. That is the redemption of our bodies. Hope that is seen is no hope at all, who hope for what he already has. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. We are blessed in many ways as Christians, but the best is still to come. Whenever we go through difficulties, we live in that hope that glory will far outweigh our suffering. We are more than conquerors because our present sufferings are not worth comparing with our future hope. We're now getting over halfway. You will be happy to hear. Fifthly, we are more than conquerors because the Son and the Spirit are praying for us in our weakness. Oh, well, we could have a whole sermon on that. I'll just mention this briefly. You know, I find it always very encouraging when all the believers say that they're praying for me. Oh, praying for one another is wonderful and special and makes a real difference. But what about these two very special prayer warriors? Listen to these two wonderful truths. In verse 26, it says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And then in verse 34, we read about Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. <clears throat> this is such great news. The Spirit is praying for you. Jesus is praying on your behalf too. It's great news because they are powerful. They are two important persons in the Trinity. They're divine. They're God. It's great news because the Spirit and the Son know exactly what we need, so their prayers are spot on. They have inside information. Their prayers are always in line with God's will, and therefore their prayers are always heard by the Father. I know my prayers aren't always heard in the way that 
I would like them to be heard. Uh, God hears my prayers, but there are times he says not yet. At other times he says no. But the Spirit and the Son's prayers, they're always in line with the Father's will. Always. And therefore they're always heard. We are more than conquerors because the Son and the Spirit are praying for us in our weakness. Sixthly, we are more than conquerors because in all things God works for our good. God is at work, even at this very moment, today, tomorrow, this coming week, for the rest of this year. God is at work. On building sites, you see these signs that says, hard hat area. You're not allowed to go on these sites without wearing a hard hat because things are being done there. It can be a dangerous place. Well, we live in a hard hat area because our God is at work. Jesus said, my father is always at work to this very day and I too am working. There are things in life, in my life, that I wish hadn't happened. But God is using everything. God is actively at work in all our circumstances. He uses the good and the bad. He uses the easy and the difficult, the happy and the sad, the blessings and the burdens. He uses all things. He uses all things for our good. What does that mean? How can that difficult experience work for my good? It was so painful. Maybe you can think of things that happened in your life that were so painful. What good can it do, you may ask? Well, the question is, what does for our good actually mean? In verse 29, you see that God's purpose of his work in us and our circumstances is for us to be conformed to the likeness of his son. God's ultimate and prime desire for his people, for you, for me, is for us to be like Jesus, to think like him, to pray like him, to trust like him, to serve like him, to be, behave like him, to witness like him, to love like him. And God uses everything in your life and in my life to work towards that goal. And if we accept that and fall in line with him and trust him, we will truly learn what it means to be more than conquerors. God works for our good. We're nearly there. Seven. We are more than conquerors because God is for us. We read uh, in this passage and read it for yourself. God called us. He foreknew us. He predestined us. He called us. Uh, uh, so he, he justified us. And he glorified us. All because he is for us. God is on our side. He is on our case. We are his people. He encourages us. He defends us. He counsels us. He hides us under his wing, the psalmist says. He rescues us from our powerful enemies. He is our support. 
He gives us victory. He exalts us above our foes. He is strong and mighty. He preserves us. He gives us... He's an ever-present help in trouble. He is good to us and his love endures forever. We are the apple of his eye. He promises, he promises to bring us into a spacious place, to broaden the path beneath us, to set our feet in that spacious place. He watches over us. He is our shield. He is our rock. He is our refuge, our light, our salvation, our strength, our fortress, our deliverer, our stronghold, our dwelling place, our saviour, our redeemer, our shepherd, our guide. He is our maker and our king and our God and our father and he is with us. Your position, my position is 100% secure because God is for us. Which sums up Paul's final thought, 100% secure. Believers are more than conquerors because finally, Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Paul asks a question in verse 35. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he mentions several things that might separate us. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. Well, here's your answer. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then what follows is surely one of the most glorious statements in the Bible. Where Paul says, inspired by the Spirit of God, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, there's not many, there are not many things in life that are solid and secure, things are changeable. I know at the end of 2019, as I personally struggled with Brexit, being Dutch, you may understand that, I just uh, was somehow hoping that 2020 would be a better year, an easier year. And 2020 is gone and we know how hard that year was. And then 2021, will it be a better year, an easier year? How unsure and uncertain everything is. But this one thing is sure. The love of God is sure. And, and God loves you. If your faith is in Jesus Christ, then God loves you. And I can assure you with divine, on, on divine authority, because the word of God says so, that nothing in all creation will ever separate you from that love. Nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from that love. It doesn't mean that life will be smooth. It doesn't mean that all the hardships will disappear. It doesn't mean that I will turn into a super, super Christian, nor will you. No, it simply means that I know that God loves me 
and that he will always love me and that nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate me from that love. And so we can say with confidence in all these things, all these struggles, all this suffering, all the, uns all the uncertainties in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who, who loved us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your amazing promises. We thank you for your wonderful grace. Oh Lord, that you, that you saved us, that you made us your children, that you made us your heirs and co-heirs with Christ, that you're working in our lives, that you're making us like Christ, that you're for us, that nothing can separate us from your love and that one day we will be with you in glory. Lord, what a wonderful God you are. What a privileged people we are. And we pray that you'd help us to remember these things during these coming days and that you'd help us to live as conquerors in this world with our mind firmly fixed on Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.